Sports can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At Animac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Home Mortgage, and equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not, they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I am Steve Risser, along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And we are here. Game six of the NBA Finals is going to be tomorrow night in Boston. The Warriors lead it three games to two. The Warriors had a big win on um, on, on Monday night. Uh, no, on Monday night, yeah, in San Francisco. And Steph Curry did not have his best game, but the role player stepped up. Andrew Wiggins was outstanding with 26. Clay Thompson was great with 21. Jordan Poole, that huge shot to end the, th- to end the third quarter to give the Warriors the lead. And they, and, and they and they took off and they took off from there. They went on a they went on a 13-0 run. They ended up winning 104 to 94. And now they are one win away from getting to the NBA Finals. And Justin, what are your thoughts right now on the NBA Finals? Yeah, you know, um, been pretty good again. You know, which you know, these one of these last two games was down to the final couple possessions. Um, but yeah, you know, again, you know, big for the Warriors there tonight. Curry. 16 points, they didn't make a three. So I think that broke like a 253-game record that he had. So, you know, again, for the Warriors to still win that game on Monday night, um, Andrew Wiggins was unbelievable. As you mentioned, he had 26 points. He even was great on the glass with 13. You know, so, again, like for a team like the Warriors, that's a huge thing. And Jason Tatum played a bit better. Um, you know, like the starters, I thought, played pretty well for the Celtics the other night. Again, they just didn't get much of a bench. And, um, that hurt them. That and free throws as well. They missed 10 free throws. And they've there's been some games this year where the, in the playoffs where the Celtics have missed some big three throws late in games. And, um, you know, kind of cost them again the other night. Now we're going to get to what both teams have to do to win each game. We'll start with the Warriors and what they have to do to close it out in Boston on, uh, on Thursday night. And for me, what they have to do is their role play, players have to continue to step up like they have in games four and games five. Obviously, Andrew Wiggins was outstanding. Outstanding in Game Five. Jordan Poole was really good. Gary Payton the second he was really good too. If their role players continue to step up, they got a really, really good chance of of uh, of, of winning their fourth title in eight years. And then Clay Thompson has to continue to play well. Clay Thompson, uh, in first two games of the series, he was not good, but he started to get hot in Game Three, and he has remained. He has, he has stayed hot since. He has been really, really good. I mean, he has been – yeah, he might not be the player he once was, especially on the defensive end, but he can still shoot the ball, and that has been a huge help to the Warriors this season, throughout these playoffs, and in the finals. So, Clay Thompson has to continue to play well. And and, and, and my third point, 
Steph Curry has to be great. He was not great in game in in in, in a he was not great in game five, but a big reason why they won was because of the role players. Andrew Riggins stepped up and got 26 points. The Warriors cannot rely on the fact Andrew Riggins is going to be as good in Boston on Thursday night or that Gary Payton Jr. the second is going to play as, as well as he did in 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 a in game in game five. So Steph Curry has to be great like like he was in game four if the Warriors want to close it out in six. Justin, for you, what do the Warriors got to do to close it out? Yeah, for me as well, I kind of started as well with the rule guys. You know, Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole all stepped up there tonight. Gary Payton had a really good offensive game, um, and, and he was really solid in the defensive end as well. So, yeah, for the Warriors, you know, you're going to continue to need those rule guys to, you know, step up. They outscored the Celtics in game five, 31 to 10. Um, the guys off the bench, they're going to have to continue to do that again. I think for the Warriors, too, is win the fourth quarter like they have the last two nights. Again, I know that Jordan Poole buzzer beat a three at the end of the third quarter. That kind of sparked it. But, again, you got to, you know, momentum. Going the fourth, they played really well the last couple of games of the fourth quarter. Um, they're going to have to continue to do that to close it out in Boston, elimination game. Um, you know, probably can go down the wire. Um, so they're going to need to do that. And the number three as well, which for me is Curry, too, because I, I think you're going to need to have – Seth Curry's going to have to have a big game on uh, tomorrow night. If the Warriors are going to want to close this thing out. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, Wiggins, I think, still going to play well. You know, Tyson's still going to hit some shots. But if they want to win this game, I think Curry's got to get, you know, 30, 35 points. Um, they'll close this thing out. Because, you know, Boston's not going to – has not gone away quietly in these playoffs. And uh, they're going to need their star to step up and hit some big shots. Absolutely. If Curry does not score more than 25 points, the Warriors will not win this game. He's got to – you can't have 16 points in game six and expect – expect to close close it out and close it out in Boston. He has got to score more than uh than 25 points for the Warriors to win because because the Celtics, I mean, they were down 3-2 to Milwaukee. They they won both of those games. So they're they're 3 and 0 in elimination games in this postseason. Boston will not go out will go down without a fight. Steph Curry has got to be great tomorrow night for the Warriors to close it out. Yeah, he absolutely does. Um the you only know, he's one of the best players right now on the planet. And the you know, get that uh get get another ring, get it, you know, Probably his first um, finals MVP. Yeah, he's going to have to be the superstar that he is, and he's going to have to go up to Boston, and uh, he's going to have to sit some big shots late in that game to, to beat those guys. Yeah, I agree, like 25, 30, somewhere around there, he's going to have to score at least to knock off this Boston team because, yeah, they, they've not gone away. You know, even when, they, even when we, you know, they blew their chance against the, the Heat in game six at home, they still went down there game seven and found a way to win. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So now we're going to go to the Celtics, and what do they need to do to win this series, to come back and win this series? First, this is an obvious one. They need to take care of the ball. 18 turnovers in Game 5 is unacceptable, and they are 1-7 when they turn the ball over more than 16 times in this postseason. So they need to take care of the ball. Number two, Tatum has got to be great late in the game. I know he played well in both Games 4 and 5, but where he did not play well is where he needed to play well, and that was in the fourth quarter. I mean, he, he went one for – I think we went one for five shooting in in, uh, in both games in the fourth quarter. He had only had five points in game uh, in game five and only three points in in, in, uh, in game uh, four. And he was held scoreless for the last ten and a half minutes of game four in the fourth quarter. So Tatum has got to be big in the fourth quarter. And this – and Tatum right now, he is a top player in the league. But what's going to what's gonna separate him from Steph Curry – is 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 his is his lack of his lack of clutch performance when it matters. If you want to be great, if you want to be one of the all time greats, you got to step up when it matters. Tatum has failed to do that in games four and five of this series. An, 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 another one is is the team has just got to be better late. He's, the team's got to be better late in the game. I mean, the Warriors went on a twenty six to one run, a 20, 21 to six run in uh in, in in game four to end game four and in game five they went on that thirteen zero run. The Celtics cannot allow that to happen in either of these two games, or there's no way they're going to win. They cannot allow the Warriors to go on a big run in either game six or seven if they want to win this series. And then and then lastly, the bench has got to be better. The bench was the I think the biggest reason the Celtics lost uh, game, game five was the bench. Their, their bench was completely outplayed by the Warriors bench. Uh, Grant Williams and Derek White really need to be much better than they were in game five if the Celtics want to win this series. They were absolutely terrible in game five. And then, then if you and then you saw the Warriors bench, uh, Peyton Jr. and Jordan Poole played really well. I mean, the, the, the Warriors bench completely outplayed them. That just cannot happen for the rest of the series if the Celtics want to be champions. Justin, what has to happen for the Celtics to come back and win this series? 
Aaron Celtics, I'm going to agree with your first point as well with the turnovers. It just does not seem that his team values the basketball whatsoever. And, yeah, it's been problematic for him. You know, as you mentioned, they're 1-7 when they turn the ball over 16 times or more. Again, you're not beating a team like the Warriors like that because even though the Warriors, I don't think, you know, luckily have been great in transition. I think they they could have done a little bit more. Um, it, it could really hurt them now. You know, so, yeah, turning the, the turnovers, they, they got to cut that down big time if they want to come back in the series. Number two for me is Jalen Brown. He, he really struggled in game five. I know he was good on the glass. He had nine rebounds, but five for 18. He was 0 for 5 from three. They're going to need a lot more for him in, in game number six to get the win. And he was minus 19 in the plus minus category. Um, that was tied for worse on the team without Horford. They're, they're going to need a, they're going to need Jalen Brown to really step up in this game. Um, you know, be the second guy to Jason Tatum because, you know, Tatum's going to need the help as well. He's got to, you know, I know he's, you know, he got to, he did get to the line. He got there 10 times, hit eight of them. Um, but again, he, he's got to shoot better than five for 18 from the floor if they have any chance to win this series. And then, yeah, lastly for me, it's, it's the bench as well. Cause yeah, it, you know, you got 10 points out of them. You're not being a Warriors team like that. Again, you lost by 10 and Steph Curry went 16 points. And I know it's on the road. But that's a game you got to be able to steal, and nobody really was able to kind of step up and fill that void for him, you know. And again, it's a, you know, Grant Williams had some really good playoff games. Again, you know, he's somebody that's he played 16 minutes. He only took two shots. He's got to be more assertive. He's got to knock down some down if they they have any chance to win this game. Even Derek White, he played over 20 minutes and he had, he took four shots and didn't have any of them. So some of those guys off the bench, I feel like gotta gotta step up, hit some shots like they they like they have. And I think that's one of the Celtics have been at their best when Grant Williams have beaten you, when Derek White's had those good games this so so far in the playoffs. Those type of guys got to step up here in game six. And, um, you know, they want to force it back to uh, San Francisco on Sunday. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, the bench definitely has to step up. You expect them to be to not be that. You expect their Celtics bench to be better and the Warriors bench uh, not to be as, as – Warriors bench not to be as good. But it all won't matter – if Tatum doesn't step up in the fourth quarter. And that leads me to my prediction, my series prediction. I picked the Warriors in six to start this series, and I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go with the Warriors closing it out tomorrow night in Boston. They proved they could win in Boston in game four. I think they do it again tomorrow night in game six. And the biggest reason is, I step like I said at the beginning of the series, I trust Steph Curry. And I know it's, I know it's an obvious one. I trust Steph Curry more than I trust any player in this series. And I think he's going to have a huge game tomorrow night. I think he's going to go for 30 or 35 points, and the Warriors are going to close it out. And I think Tatum is going to have a have – a it, the story is going to stay – the beat's going to go on for Jason Tatum. He's going to have another rough fourth quarter. In, in, in this series, Tatum is 5 for 21 shooting in the fourth quarter. Uh, he's shooting 23% in the fourth quarter, and obviously he did not play well in games four and five. I think that's going to continue in game six. And that's why I got the Warriors closing it out tomorrow night, winning their fourth championship in eight years. Justin, what's your prediction for tomorrow night and for the series? Yeah, I got the Warriors well closing this thing out. You know, those are some great numbers that Tatum, five for 21. That just, that can't happen. And it kind of shows that the Warriors have kind of figured him out late in the game. He struggled. Yeah, I just, I think to the, you know, you Curry only scored 16 points. He didn't kill you at all. And, I think a bad game after like that from Curry, I don't think you see it again tomorrow night. And I think he goes into Boston and he finds a way to win this game. I think he plays outstanding um, and knocks out the Celtics. I think, yeah, again, Tatum in the fourth quarter, that'd be great, but we haven't seen it so far. And, again, I, it totally could change tomorrow night. But, you know, again, it's a good Warriors team. And, you know, so far this series we haven't seen it. So um, it's tough to maybe, you know, it, it's difficult now to see if he could turn it on. In the fourth, but yeah, I got the Warriors closing out. Um, I, I think Steph Curry just plays a lot better. I think Andrew Wiggins just again, if Andrew Wiggins just does a little bit of everything, you know, 15 points, you know, eight nine rebounds, you know, plays good defense. I think the Warriors just find a way to close this thing out. Um, I'll take I'll take the Warriors to, to finish it off tomorrow. And Hector agrees with us. He has Curry rebounding, having a bounce back game, and the Warriors closing out tomorrow night. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we. Uh, Completely agree. Yeah, I, he's with uh, both of us. Yeah, I, we just again, it's not very rare you see Seth Curry go on too many cold streaks. I know he did during the regular season, but playoff time, I just I can't see it. Neither, neither do I. Neither do I. So now that we are talking about Steph Curry, the big question is: assuming that the Warriors win tomorrow night, the big question is going to be: Is Steph Curry top ten all time? 
and I went through this. I went through my list, and uh, obviously number one is Michael Jordan. That's that's uh, to me, he's number one. Number two, LeBron. Number three, Kobe. Number four, Magic. And that's pretty obvious. Those top four, I feel like that's the Mount Rushmore. Uh, you know, MJ, LeBron, Kobe, Magic. I feel like that's the Mount Rushmore. It's pretty obvious. Five, I got, five, I got Bird. Six, I got because you know he was he was the he was second to Magic in turning the NBA into what it was. Number six, I got Kareem. I mean, because I because th- he won, he, he was one of the probably I I think the greatest center of all time. Seven, I got Wilt because of you know his 100 point game. He was an outstanding player too. Eight, I got Bill Russell, but because of his 11 championships. But right after that, I got Steph Curry. I got Steph Curry top 10 because if, if he wins tomorrow night, I would have Steph Curry in the top 10 because he revolutionized the game. He changed the game. He changed the game. Uh, the three point shot. He made the three point shot. He made he made he made this game becoming a a, a game where you got to be able to shoot threes to win. He changed the game of basketball. So I definitely think I, I definitely think. If the Warriors win tomorrow night, that Steph Curry is a top 10 player all time. Justin, do you agree? Yeah, I do. Um, I think he's right there because they got Magic 1, LeBron 2, Kobe 3, um, Kareem 4, 5, Bill Russell, 6, Magic, um, 7, uh, Will, 8, yeah, Curry. Because I've, yeah, 8, Curry. I put him a little bit before Shaq, and then I round out with like, uh, probably like Tim Duncan. So, yeah, I, I think he's right there because I'm right there. With, he revolutionized the game and, and the shooting. And, uh, again, it's a big three-point, you know, league now. And um, it, so, yeah, I, it, and you see so much more of the three-point game for good or bad, you know, you know, whatever. But, yeah, you know, he's the greatest three-point shooter of all time. Again, he shattered, you know, Ray Allen's record at 32. You know, like, again, he still has, you know, five, six years left. Um, he's been unbelievable. He's won a couple of rings. Again, I know he had KD, but even this year, you know, I think it really helps his legacy that he didn't have a guy like KD. And Clay Thompson's a really good player, but he ain't the same guy from you know three or four years ago. So um, I, you know, again, he's playing with a great organization, the Warriors, but he's just done an unbelievable job. And yeah, I think he she should be in the top ten. Yes, he had KD, but. It, when KD joined that team, it was Steph Curry's team, and when KD left that team, it was still it, it was still Steph Curry's team, and that shows you why he's the player that he is. And honestly, all, all time, I'll take him over Kevin Durant because because he 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 he, he can he that, that was his team when Kevin Durant and when Kevin Durant got there and when Kevin Durant left. And you saw the Warriors when they the, the year Steph Curry missed a ton of games. They were the worst team in the NBA. Hit the leadership, him making his players better around him, and his three point shooting make him as great as he is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I do. And Kevin Durant is a world-class player. He's right. You know, he, he's an outstanding player. But, yeah, you know, we've seen kind of what's kind of happened with him in the Nets the last couple of years. And, yeah, Curry, that was his team before KD got there during that time. And, yeah, you know, you go back a couple of years ago, they were the second-worst team in the league. You know, they got James Wiseman and, and draft that year. So, yeah, you know, he's been unbelievable. Yeah, three-point shooting, the leadership, um, you know, and just, yeah, what he's done to the game of basketball. You just see so many young kids nowadays wearing Curry jersey. It just, yeah, he just changed the game in so many ways. And he's just an outstanding shooter. And just, he's a guy that, again, he can pull up from 40 feet. And, you know, he's it's got a good chance of going in, you know. Um, so, yeah, he's just, he's he's been an unbelievable player. Absolutely. Without question. Absolutely. So, it'll be interesting to see. Can could Steph, can Steph Curry win his fourth ring? It'll obviously be either Steph Curry winning his fourth ring or the Celtics winning their 18th ring. So we'll we'll see what happens. It should be really interesting to see what happens in the NBA Finals. But before we get to the Stanley Cup Final, we got to talk about some NFL news, and we got some break. We had some breaking news in the NFL today as Mika Fitzpatrick gets an extension that is going to pay him more than 18 million a year uh with the Pittsburgh Steelers and I think I like this move from the Steelers I think he's one of, he's arguably I think he's their, I think he's top three on that defense with TJ Watt with Cam Hayward I think he's top three on that defense and and now you don't have to pay a quarterback you could build this team around uh Kenny Pickett and you're gonna have to have a really really good roster to compete in this in this uh in this AFC North especially when you got Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson Deshaun Watson you got to go up against the, those quarterbacks You've got to have a good defense and a really good roster if you're going to compete in this NFC North. So, in this AFC North, that's what I meant. So, I, I like this move for the Steelers, extending Micah Fitzpatrick. He's one of the top safeties in the league, and and I think the Steelers make another good move by extending Micah Fitzpatrick. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you. He's been one of the best. He's been a ball hawk and, you know, but it's an offense that's got a young quarterback. Again, turnovers are going to be huge. And uh, Mitchell, Miko Fitzpatrick's been a ball hawk the last couple of years, um, interception-wise. So that's a great, you know, it's a good guy to keep, you know, for, you know, he's been one of the best safeties, you know, in, in the league. He's still only 25, and it seems like he's been in the league for, you know, four or five years already. You know, um, he's still a young guy. And, yeah, you know, for the Steelers, their defense is, is going to be a huge part for him with that young offense. So, yeah, absolutely, he's been one of the best safeties in the game. Um, you know, definitely one of the best players on that defense. And, yeah, in that division where you got so many potent offenses, you know, with this Bengals, um, with the Ravens, and, you know, who knows what the Deshaun Watson situation. But, you know, the Browns will have a talented roster. So, yeah, it's a talented division, and they're going to need, you know, your their defense is going to have to step up for them. And it's a, you know, you know, really good thing to keep make a Fitzpatrick around. Absolutely, and we're going to just go back to to, to Curry for a minute because we got a comment from Hector. I'll go a step further. He will be he would be in my top five all time all time starting five, and I agree with Hector there. I would put Curry would be my point guard, Jordan would be my shooting guard, LeBron would be my small forward, Duncan would be my uh, power forward, and then uh, then Kareem would be my center. Do you agree there? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I I'm good with that. Yeah, um, you know, for, yeah, so I. Completely agree. He's been one of the best point guards out there. Uh, yeah, I, I'd put him in the top five starting lineup. Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, back to Minka. Yeah, when you're when you're competing in this division with 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 Burrow, uh, uh, Burrow, Lamar, and Deshaun, you're gonna have to have a good, you have to be good in the secondary. And Minka is that guy. He was that guy in Alabama, and he was that guy with the Dolphins, and he has became that guy with the Steelers. Oh yeah, he absolutely has. He's been a tremendous. Um, you know, safety throughout his career. Yeah, Alabama had a really good career. You know, Miami, and then they, you know, they end up trading him away. And yeah, with the Seals too. You know, led the league interception a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, he's been a big part of that that defense. He's again, I know safety is not a premier position, um, but he's one of the best at it. And you got to keep him around. That you got any chance in the division. Um, you know, he's been a leader out there too. It's he's good guy to have in that locker room as well. With the you know. Um, you know, especially the young offense. So, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, Fitzpatrick, definitely a really nice uh, keep there for the Steelers. Absolutely. We're going to stay in the AFC North, and there are some rumors out there that the Brown- Baker Mayfield could be traded to the Panthers. And if you're the Browns, I just think at this point, if you can get any value for Baker Mayfield, even a you know, fourth or fifth round pick, you just do it at this point. I mean, I know they tried trading him before the draft. They couldn't. So, at this point, I think you got to move on for Baker Mayfield, even if Deshaun Watson is suspended. And, there's, and obviously, there's a great chance. He should be, and there's a great chance that he will. Uh, I, 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 you have Jacoby Brissett there as the backup. So, if the Panthers get Baker, it's going to be interesting to have Baker and Darnold on the same team. You're going to have you're, you're going to have $38 million tied up between those two quarterbacks. You have one of those guys. Who, who will go? Which nineteen million is going to go up against their cap hit is going to be sitting on the bench. So that's going to be crazy to see that Darnold and Baker are going to be you know on the same team. Two two, two guys that could have been the number one pick now look like two now that now that are two busts, two two, two that are two big busts in, in 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 the draft. So it's very very interesting to see if, if Baker does go to the Panthers and it, and I think if he goes to the Panthers, it, it's I think it's going to be their starter. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think yeah, yeah, I think he'd probably get ahead of Donald because I think we've seen more from him than, than Sam Donald. And Baker hasn't been great, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think he probably gets a starting nod there. Yeah, you know, I just think it, I think it is time to move on from in Cleveland. It just you know with the Watson situation there and and you know that he didn't like Watson coming in and you know understandably so. It's just yeah, it's just a broken thing. And Brissett's a guy that we've seen could could start. Um, Again, he's not great, but he can fill in for, you know, how long, you know, Watson ends up being out for here. So, yeah, I, I think you just got to trade him. And, yeah, if you can get anything for Baker, it's going to be a win. Even if it's a day three draft pick, it's 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 a win instead of just releasing him and let somebody else um picking him up. It's He's a little bit better than Sam Darnold, but, again, it's it's not crazy. And, yeah, $30 million of two quarterbacks, it's just – again, I know they, they don't have – you know, they haven't really paid – too many guys, you know, right now, and um, just especially in defense, they're just so young. But it's just, yeah, it's just uh, very. It'll be very, very interesting to see those uh, those two guys, two top picks, and all of the, you know, they just did not turn out the way everyone thought they would.
Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Baker Mayfield. But the Stanley Cup final is set. But before we talk about that, we're going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC, is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. Alrighty, the Stanley Cup final is set between the Lightning and Avalanche. The Lightning going for their third straight Stanley Cup. The Avalanche, the favorite, uh, uh, going into go, pretty much going into the season, and they probably were the and were the favorite going into the playoffs. Uh, for me, I, I mean, I, I think this is going to be a good series between these two teams. Obviously, I've seen a lot more of the Lightning than I've seen of the Avalanche. And the concern I do have for the Lightning going into this series, though, was in Game 6, the Rangers were tired. You knew they weren't going to score if it wasn't a power play. And the Lightning, I know Igor was great, but the Lightning only only won 2-1. to one. So that definitely brings me some, some uh, gives me some concern in this series. And also, uh, Braden Point, you know, be, uh, Braden Point not being 100%. It looks like he's going to come back, but not being yeah. 100%, that could, that could be an issue in this series. But Justin... Uh, you've definitely seen the Avalanche. You've, you've definitely seen more of these teams this year than I have. And we'll start with we'll start with the defend the two time defending Stanley Cup champions, the Lightning. What do they have to do to win this series? For them, you know, they got the championship pedigree. You know, they they kind of know how to get here. We saw they're not they don't get phased. And um, you know, they got down two nothing game three, already down two zero, and they didn't really get phased. And they kind of turned it on from there, and they never looked back. You know. Braden Point will be back tonight, but yeah, he's probably not going to be 100%. But yeah, that line one's been lethal um, the last couple couple games of that series. You know, I think for them, just, um, you know, Baskoleski, when he settles in two, he's, he's unbeatable. You know, you don't, I don't think you're going to have to win this game in the shootouts. As long as your offense could generate a couple goals for you, they're going to be fine with Baskoleski and that. Um, I was surprised they did kind of take, you know, early on in that range series, they did take a couple of dumb penalties. And you seem like the abs too. They're very good in the power play. So it, it's a little same thing. You know, you, you kind of want to stay out of the box. Um, but yeah, if they can get up to a lead as well, you have an abs team that, again, they, you know, I think this is the first of you're going to see the Avalanche back in the Stanley Cup. So I think for, you know, the Lightning, they can kind of get up on them early, jump on them early, uh, put the pressure on them. Then, you know, again, they're, they're going to be in a great spot here. Um, but I just want to say with the Lightning, too, it's, you know, three straight Stanley Cubs, first time since the 80s, and, you know, the Islanders, there was no, you know, salary cap there yet. It's just, you know, what, what this Lightning team has done, it's been an unbelievable um, dynasty with John Cooper been able to build in, in that organization. Um, they've done a heck of a job, and, again, it just, you know, it's uh, just a great, um, great team. Yeah, the one thing that does concern me too, too about the Lightning is is Vasilevsky. When the Rangers were fresh, he was not great in those first two games at Madison Square Garden, and and the Avalanche could definitely score more goals than the Rangers. The one of the Rangers' biggest weakness this year was scoring goals, so the Avalanche could score more goals. So I think another concern I have for the Lightning is is are are they going to be able to keep up with the Avalanche? I mean, obviously the Lightning want games to be lower scoring, the Avalanche want games to be higher scoring. So are they going to are they? Is it going to be difficult for the Lightning to keep up with the Avalanche? I think they can keep up with them. And I think what the Rangers did those first two games was um, they got Vasilevsky going east to west. And, you know, they got some two-on-ones. They had some one-timers. They made it tough for Vasilevsky. Those final couple of games, they were just peppering shots at Vasilevsky. But, you know, he didn't really have to move much, you know. Um, so I, I think, you know, if the, if the Avalanche can get two-on-ones, get some, you know, odd-man rushes – 
or and even Tampa was a really aggressive. I felt like the first couple games that series, and I felt like in the neutral zone they did a much better job of uh, forcing some range of turnovers. And I think that helped as well as they played a little bit more conservative. If they do stuff like that, I think Vasquez is going to be fine because if you're just peppering shots on it, because that's what the Panthers did in Game Four during that sweep. They they took 50 shots, but they were just all straight at him, and they weren't really. He didn't really have any difficult ones. The Rangers in Game One and Game Two made it really difficult for him. Um, so like if you can make, I think you just got to get him going east to west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like you know, it seems like that's something the Avalanche have to do now for the Avalanche. What do they have to do to win their first Stanley Cup in over 20 years? For them, y'all, they got to get out early, y'all. Again, because they got to, you know, you got a Lightning team that just knows how to be here. You know, they're, they're a team that, you know, they don't have too many guys that have won. I don't think they have any on their team that's won a cup. Um, them going through. I don't think they have. So, for them, you know, the change of pedigree you're going up against here, y'all. Like, even the Blues gave them probably the toughest series of, their um, playoff run so far. That went six, and if Bennington didn't get hurt, you know, I, I could really see the Blues going seven games, maybe even knocking them off there. So for them, you know, you're, you're playing a team that just, you know, they know how to win at this time. So, you know, can't make dumb mistakes. You know, yeah, you you know, as I mentioned, you got to get Blasco's to go in east to west. You got to try to get some odd man rushes. And they do have the speed. And, you know, for them too, you know, talking about speed is they got to get their feet underneath them early on. Because they – you know, they've had nine days off, and you kind of saw what happened to Tampa Bay. They're not coming back down 2-0 from Tampa Bay. It's not happening. So they got to get their feet underneath them quickly. It's probably going to be a feel-out process probably very early on in this game. Uh, but once it starts getting going, they they got to, you know, they got to be ready to go. They got to get their feet underneath them here because they can't fall behind the Lightning team because they're not going to they're they're not going to let you um they're not going to let you come back. You talked about how they can't fall behind uh, 0-2. Do do you think there is do you think the the Avalanche could come out rusty, especially in the first game of this series because they haven't played in nine days? I think it, I think they very well could. You know, um, I think it could be something what we saw with the Lightning where they yeah they do kind of struggle early on in this game. Um, you know, maybe in with nerves too. You know, first one in you know twenty one years in, in Colorado. None of these guys I don't think have you know played in the Stanley Cup. They haven't won any you know cups so. Yeah, I think early on they, they could be some nerves here, and I think they could kind of struggle here in game number one. Again, they got the home crowd with them, so if they can get up one nothing, you know, early in this game, kind of, you know, take a little pressure off, it's going to be huge for them. Um, their goalie should be back, their starting goalie. Um, Kemper should be back, it sounds like, in net as well tonight. So that that that's a big help for them as well. Um, but, yeah, I could see the Avalanche tonight coming out a little bit rusty because they had nine days off. And this Lightning team is a whole lot better than Edmonton. Edmonton's, they got that one great line. But other than that, it's not a great team. So you're playing a much different animal tonight. And we got a comment from Tommy Lombardi. What's up, Tommy? Uh, I, I, I'm interested to see who, who you got in the finals, and in, in the NBA finals, uh, Celtics, uh, between the Celtics and Warriors. You still, you still, do you still think, you think the Celtics are going to come back? And that, that's my neighbor. So, yeah, he's, th- thank you for listening to us, Tommy. Yeah, so, thank, but, thank you. Yeah, yep, yep. So, uh, yeah. So, who do you got in this series? So, uh, right now, it's a, it's, it, it, you got the two-time defending cup champs. You got the team who was favored to win the Stanley Cup. For me, I, I got the Avalanche because to me, I think there was a lot of times in that Ranger series where, absolutely, you guys are great. Thank you, Tommy. Thanks again for listening. Thanks. Thank you. Yes, thank you for listening. So yeah, I, I I think I think that uh I think I think uh in the, the the some of the stuff that happened in the Rangers series with Lightning could definitely scare me in this series. I mean, they got down 0-2 to the Rangers, and they very easily could have lost Game Three in that series. I mean, if the Rangers, I, I have to say, if they if they killed that one power play in like the middle of the second period, I felt like the Rangers were going to win the series because when the uh, when the uh, when the light when the Lightning uh, scored that goal. And then they scored that goal in the in the in the in the, uh, in, the, in, the in the beginning of the third period, and then scored that goal at the end, end of the uh, end of the third period. I, I, I that's when you knew we had a series. And and Lightning, there were a lot of close games in that Ranger series. For, for a young Ranger team, the Lightning did not beat. The, I know I, I knew the Lightning would probably win five or six, but I felt like the Lightning could have been a little bit more impressive. I mean, they got down 0-2. 
They uh, they they uh, they won game three. Obviously, they won game three. They blew the Rangers out in game four, and in game five came right down to the end. Game three and game five came right down to the end. They very easily could have lost that series in five games to the Rangers, and then they won game six at home, and that was another really close game. That was a one-one game in the third period. The Avalanche are clearly a better team than the Rangers. That's why I know I haven't watched all of the Avalanche at all year. I will admit that. But from the way they played in the po- from the way they played in the postseason, with him having home ice, with them having one of the top players in the game, and Nathan McKinnon, I got them winning this series in six. And uh, just Justin, who do you got winning the Stanley Cup? Yeah, I'm with you. I got the Avalanche in uh, six as well. You know, I think you made some good points about the Lightning. Yeah, they they you know they didn't look great at times. You know, I, I think you know the the long layoff kind of uh, you know hurt them a bit. You know, and their line one didn't do a ton really till you know game three when they got up. You know, when they you know came back in that game, I thought that's when their line one really got going. Um, yeah, I know Santa could have scored the game goal in game one, but like game two they didn't do much, and they kind of started rolling after that. So yeah, you know, for the Lightning, they didn't really. Yeah, they probably could have blown the range out of with how young they are. Um, they let them hang around a little bit longer than they probably should have. Um, you know. Game six, yeah, you know, but like game six, they, you know, I just think like with the game six, you know, Rangers hiding you know, immediately. There's no panic in them. There, there's no panic. Now, Gallant probably should have took out Truba because he was on that one minute power play. He was on like the last minute. He got burnt. So, you know, having Truba still on the ice probably hurt them at that moment. But again, there's just no panic in that team. Um, but yeah, I think the Avalanche are a better team. Cal McCarr is going to be one of the best. Best. He probably he's already one of the best defend, defensemen in the league. He's going to be a defenseman that's going to have 30, 35 goals one year. It's just he, he's such a credible offensive talent um, on the back end. So yeah, I think the Avalanche are the better team in this one. I think they find a way to get this cup, and I think the run for the Lightning here, um, boy, it'd be eleven straight, eleven or twelve straight playoff series they've won, which is incredible. Um, I'm with you. I think it does come to end this weekend or in in, in this this Stanley Cup. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, for someone who's watched little of the Avalanche, but I've seen what they've done in this postseason. They swept. And then, you, know, you talk about the defensemen. They got a great center in, in, in McKinnon, probably, a good, I'm guessing, a good goaltender, too. And you saw what they did to the Oilers. Decent goaltender, but still, yeah, I mean, good, yeah. enough for the, good enough for the team. Yeah, he's good enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you saw what they did to the Oilers. They swept the Oilers, and the Oilers have one of the best players, probably the best player in hockey. Yeah. I know one, it's a little different in hockey. One player can't win you a championship. But Connor McDavid, one of the best players in hockey, they swept that series. The Lightning against a young Ranger team, uh, an up-and-coming Ranger team, they won in six and very easily could have lost that series to the Rangers. So that's definitely why I got the Lightning winning. I mean, I got the Avalanche winning this in six. Yeah, it's a great point, yeah, because the the Avs are kind of – they look really good. Um, They look good in round one. I think they had, you know, one kind of hiccup there. Um, I believe game four was they had one little – but, like, you know, other than that, yeah, they 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 played really well. You know that that Blues series, they had a little bit of trouble, but again, that's a Blues team that you know they they still there's still a lot of talent on that St. Louis team that has won a cup. But yeah, you know for the for the Lightning, they yeah they it's just yeah they kind of hung around. They left the Rangers hung, hang around. They got behind early, um, you know on the road. But yeah, they they just found a way to kind of battle back and win that series, and they were the better team kind of. As you mentioned, you know, the Rangers got got tired. It was I think they played twenty games in forty, yeah, 40, 20 games in forty days. You just it just, you know, it, it just that's a tough grind, especially in the NHL. So, um, you know, that 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 was tough. So, yeah, I think for you know the Abs, I think they you know they they are a better team. Um, but yeah, you know, a little bit worries me just that game, the the, the nine day layoff. But yeah, I think the the Avalanche. Get it done. The Lightning got to lose at some point, and I do think it comes to an end. I think this Avalanche is just going to be a little bit too much to overcome. And for people listening in Tampa, we're not having sour grapes because our you know we're Ranger fans and the Rangers lost. We're having sour grapes. We're not we're not bitter because they lost. We're just giving the I'm just giving you the reality of the situation. And I know we haven't no one's commented, but if anyone's listening from Tampa, we're just giving the reality of the situation. If I think if I think a team's going to win a championship. I mean, if I, I, I got to go with the more impressive team. And to me, the Avalanche have just been the more impressive team than the Lightning. I, I mean, I think the Lightning are the best organization in hockey. I just, watching that Rangers series, it, to me, it doesn't look like they're going to be the team that's as dominant as the Avalanche. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, yeah, I thought the Lightning were the better team. I 
did pick the Rangers that they would come back. They found a way. You had some to, faith. You had some faith yeah. there when it was two did. two. You didn't want to go against the Rangers. No, I didn't. I, I went against them the last couple of series, so I'm like, I'll take them this time. It didn't work. I was bitter after the 15 one. After Kelly had scored game seven, I, I was That was a brutal one. That was probably that in that brutal. era. The, the, cup, the cup loss was tough. Yeah. The Devils loss was tough. But I think that was the worst because they were the number one seed. They were at home. They were playing at Madison Square Garden. They never lose game sevens at the Garden. The Lightning were the team that couldn't win the big game before that. They couldn't win in the conference. I remember they, they, that was like the beginning of the John Cooper era. And they went out and they went in and they beat they beat him at the guard and that was a that was a brutal one. But this one is a Ranger fan. I, I can I I'm a little upset, but you can accept because they got a really good future. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. The future is much brighter. That was the end of the Rangers. Pretty much kind of getting towards the end of the Rangers run there. Yeah, and Callan was my favorite player until he wanted to get traded too. So that kind of that that hurt as well. Um, you know, being a Callan. But yeah, you know, yeah. It just I, I think yeah, the Avalanche are the better team here. You know, the Lightning, yeah, they're, they're such a great organization. John Cooper's done an amazing job. He makes some really good adjustments. I think he did against that Ranger series that I kind of talked about with the neutral zone and all that and kind of taking matchups away. Um, but, yeah, I just think the Avalanche, I just think they're, they're a really good team. They got some really young talent. You know, McCarr, um, McKinnon, you know, um, some other guys. Um, Landis Goff, they're really good. So, you know, I just think the Avalanche are just going to be a little bit too much to overcome. You're going to, you know, you just played a grueling six-game series. Now you got to go out on the road once again. I think the Avalanche find a way to get this thing done. Absolutely. And we got another comment from Tommy about the NBA Finals. Let's hope for a Celtics comeback, although I don't just like the word great for basketball. And, yeah, going back to the NBA series, it has been great for basketball, especially a postseason like this where there's a lot of blowouts. It's nice to get an NBA Finals with two compelling teams, with the Celtics. The Celtics, always they, they're always a big draw. They always get good ratings. And then you got Steph Curry. So, it, it has been really, really good for basketball. Yeah, it has. You know, um, yeah, you got a Boston team that, yeah, one of the most um, iconic, you know, teams in, you know, the NBA and all sports and, you know, with all the championships they've won. Yeah, with the Warriors team, with all the talent, and Curry just, you know, as we talked about, he's a generational star, um, what he's done with the game, and a lot of people kind of love to watch him play. And you got a good Warriors team that's a good organization, you know, two big markets as, as well, which helps the NBA. So, yeah, it's been fun, you know. Um, it's been a fun series to watch. And, yeah, two very good teams. Again, you know, it would have been a little bit disappointing because if, if it was the Heat, just because the Heat were just so banged up and, you know, this period probably would have been over already. So, yeah, it, it was good that it ended up being the um, Celtics and Warriors. So hopefully game six or game seven, if it gets a game seven, hopefully we get two really close games that go down the wire. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So the Yankees and Red Sox continue to stay hot. But before we talk about that, we got an ad. From Clovercrest Media. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All righty, so the Yankees continue, continue to roll I mean, last week, this weekend, they they dominated the Cubs. I mean, especially on Saturday and Sunday. And uh, they, they, they got a – and last night, Garrett Cole was outstanding. I know he made up for that performance on Thursday. Even though they won Thursday night, he made up for that performance on Thursday night where he really, really struggled. We have those three home runs in a row to start the game against the Twins. But he was outstanding last night and a big win for the Yankees. Kiner Falefa, another big hit for Kiner Falefa. That's turned into a really good – a trade – getting rid of Sanchez and a Gio to get Trevino and Connor Falefa. They've been really, really helpful for this Yankee team. So the Yankees right now, 45 and 16 off to a historic start, but the big challenges is this third team game stretch where they host the Rays. They host the Rays for three. They uh, go to Toronto for three, go back down to Tampa for three. And then, and then they, then they host the Astros. They're ne- their nemesis, the last, their biggest nemesis for, for four, for four at home at the stadium. So, this stretch is really, really, really going to determine 
how how great the Yankees are. If they can go nine and four or even eight and five. I feel like this is this is not only the best team in baseball, but this is a specialty. If they can even go if they go seven and six, I still feel like they're the best team in baseball. If they you know go six and seven, five and eight, then you start to question. Okay, they're they're a top team, but what happens when they play really really good teams? But it got off to a great start last night with a win over the Rays, two to nothing. Yeah, it did. You know, it, it, yeah. Um, yeah, Garrett Cole is outstanding. And the Rays have really have hit him well. Um, you know, he even had a great start, you know, in Tampa Bay when they met uh, about a month ago, a couple weeks ago. They they played, and he had a really good start as well. Um, but he picked up the North decision. Cooper was just as good as he was that afternoon. Um, but, yeah, it got up to a great start. Again, you know, you're talking about pickups. What about, you know, Matt Carpenter, too, right? Wish he could play the outfield. You know, that would be a big help. You know, he's the first Yankee all the time to have six home runs in his first 10 games. You know, he, he's been amazing. He's been a great pickup for the team as well. You know, Torino's been playing really well. Yeah, it's a, it, this is a tough stretch for him here. But, yeah, I think I'm with you. If they go 8-5, and five, you know, 9-4 is great. Like, and they're nine games up, two on Toronto. Like, they, you know, they have some wiggle room, too, where, you know, if they do kind of struggle a bit, there's no kind of, you know – yeah, we don't need to be hitting the panic button or anything too soon right now. Um, but yeah, you know, they, and they've been really, um, you know, they they it's a tough stretch here. Toronto is starting to play a bit better. You know, Tampa Bay is always going to be in it. In it, you know, the Astros are always going to be a tough out. So yeah, we're gonna, really going to find out a lot about this team. You know, but yeah, it's so for what I think they're the first teams of the Mariners vote one to win forty four the first sixty games. Like it, it's something that. None of no, no, you know, I, I know I didn't. I didn't think that team, this team was going to win that many games early on. I, I thought it was a team that was 85, 90 wins at the max. But um, they, they, it's been an incredible. They've been incredible to watch. Again, that Sunday, they just absolutely tattooed, you know, um, whoever that rookie pitcher with Thompson, I think it was. They just they yeah, tattooed yeah. them, even on Saturday. Um, this all, you know, this offense has been fun. And even last night, you know, Garrett Cole kind of picks up the slack with the offense you know, has an off night, you know, that, that's kind of been the formula. And Cole, I think, has the worst year in his team for a starter, and he's, it's a 3.33. In 2022, that's that's amazing. It's unbelievable. I mean, that's the lowest ERA, 3.333. Their starting pitching has been off the charts. I mean, Tyone's been great. Montgomery's been great. Uh, Cortez is pitching tonight against, against uh, McClanahan. He's been great. And obviously Severino's been great. Their starting pitching has been phenomenal. And then and then in the bullpen, Clay Holmes, 29 consecutive scoreless innings. I wasn't the biggest fan of Clay Holmes being the closer, but you can't argue with Boone going with the hot hand now. No, you can't. You know, and I know Chapman's getting close. He was thrown yesterday at the stadium off the mound. So he's getting close. But yeah, I, you, yeah, now you, you gotta uh you gotta stick with Holmes. I know Chapman we, you know, it'll be interesting what role Chapman gets now. Um but yeah, you gotta stick with Holmes. He's been unbelievable. He's been, you know, again, I remember I have a friend who's a pirate fan. He's like, I don't know why you got traded for him. There we there was nothing there, you know. But again, the pirates just the pirates mess up every pitching prospect they have. And once again, the Yankees kind of tweaked some of the, some of the stuff. And he's been one of the best um coaches in baseball right now. And yeah, the, you gotta keep him in that role. Yeah, you talk about the Yankees start 45 and 16. You know, one of the best starts is the 0-1 Mariners. They're in historic territory right now. Yeah, say the Yankees struggle against the Blue Jays in Toronto or, or even struggle against the Astros. No one's going to hit the panic button. It's just they wouldn't be in that, you know, historical category. They would be, you know, just another great team, just another great team. It would just be just another great team. They wouldn't be in the historical category. But if they go 9-4, and 10-3, you're putting them in that 98 Yankees, 2001 Mariners. You're putting them in that category. Yeah, you yeah you would you'd have to because they would be what you know um they went to what twelve you know, ten more here they'd be forty or fifty five and you know fifty five and twenty you know going into you know going in July you know that yeah that would be really impressive and um they yeah it, again it's territory that yeah that they you know should be in with those Mariner teams again I don't think they're breaking the, I don't think this team's gonna break the record I think at some point. It may go through some laws. It just happens in baseball. Um, but still, like, again, you know, they, they could go on, you know, if I could see them winning, you know, 108, 109 games and something, uh, you know, some, something like that. And, you know, which would be, which would be really, really impressive. And, and again, you know, they, they've taken advantage, too, of kind of baseball, 
kind of being down this year too with you know half the teams being under 500 or more a little bit more than half of the teams under 500 um they they've done a really good job and yeah it's a tough stretch but um it's it's definitely a team that they they really go on a roll here you got to talk about them as as being one of the best in a long time especially in this stretch because because you know a lot of yankee fans say oh look at who they play look at who they play if they play well in this stretch you can't say anything you can't be critical at all they're get, the yankees are giving you a special at that at this if the yankees play well and if they go win you know nine of the next 13 games they're giving you a special season and you if you're just complaining you're just you're just being absolutely miserable you you, you nothing can impress you if, they, if, if if you're complaining about this team yeah I don't know. Like we've been wanting a fun team for a while, and I know now, no, 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 not too many Yankee fans thought this was going to be the team that was going to be the uh, the fun team to watch. But yeah, it has been, and you know, and yeah, you mentioned kind of fans kind of being oh look who they played, but they've struggled that times the last couple of years against some of those bad teams. Like you kind of look, you know, they kind of get up a game or two, and then you see them in the series finale and they lay an eight. They they haven't done that much this year. You know that that's been the thing, you know. And this team started what, five and five too. It's just so they've been like what thirty and you know thirty and eleven run here pretty much since thirty you know thirty and eleven run since mid April. So yeah, it's a team that yeah you know, they've taken care of business. And that's I saw this stat this morning. You know, the O's since April twenty sixth against teams in the division are eight and five. Against the Yankees, they're two and eight. So you know, usually the O you know the o, the O's have kind of. You know, they, they showed the last two years against them. They won like 11, 11 to 9, something like that last year. And this year they're doing a lot better against them. You know, they, they, they're they doing a much better job too, I think, of being the bad teams and something that they've struggled with the last couple of years. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And then that's the good, that's the thing. The, the great teams are going to beat the bad teams. You can't complain about the schedule. You just you just can't do that. The great the teams like the Yankees are going to be teams like the Cubs this year. That just happens. You can't just say, oh, look who they played. No, they're doing their job and playing – going up playing well against who they're going up against yeah, absolutely that's all you can do in sports you know in any sport you know whoever it's on this on the calendar next you know you gotta go out in there beat them it's, it's nothing you can do um you know next year will be interesting you've got to play every team but you know so next year you know every everybody plays each other so um but yeah you, as long as you go out there beat whoever you, you're facing again especially in this division you're gonna play everybody 18 times you know you're gonna play everybody in the american league at some point so yeah, this is the Yankees' time here, where the schedule gets tougher, and you know, we'll we'll see what they do. Again, I, you know, we talked about. It, I think they get through this thing and, um, you know, go on a nice run here and you know, go nine and four, and that that would be incredible. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now, like, let's get to this week's games. Uh, last night, obviously, the Yankees beat the Rays two nothing. Like, they got the second game of the three game series at the stadium tonight. You got uh, you got Nestor Cortez against McClanahan for the Rays. I, I think this is I think it's a game the Yankees win. I'm not going up against Nestor. And then Thursday, maybe I'll give that one to the Rays with Rasmussen. Maybe I'll give that one to the Rays, Rasmussen against Severino. So I think they take two out of three from the Rays. Then this weekend in Toronto, I they win Friday night with Montgomery on the mound against Stripling. Uh, Saturday, Tyone against Manoa. I'll give that one to the Blue Jays. And then Sunday with Garrett Cole. I think Garrett Cole beats beats the Blue Jays on, on the road. So I got them winning two out of three against the Rays. And I got him winning two out of three against the Blue Jays because that's how the season's gone. They just win series. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm with you. I think they take two out of three. You know, yeah, I think probably either tonight or tomorrow because McClanahan has been really good the last couple of starts. Um, he's looked really good. So, you know, tonight would be a tough one. But, yeah, I expect Nestor to pitch a lot better than he did in his last year in Minnesota. He kind of um, drove there a bit as well. Wasn't his best outing. Um, so, yeah, I, I assume that's, you know, Nestor's going to pitch well tonight. It's going to be another low-scoring game. But yeah, I think two out of three from the Blue Jays, two out of three from the from the Rays, and again, that's you know that that that's fine. If you can you know win two out of three against you know you know the Rays here and Blue Jays, the Rays next week, and then you know getting a splitter, winning three out of four against the Astros again, you'll you'll take it. So yeah, as long as they continue one series, they they've done a great job of that. Um, I'm with you. They they take two out of three in the next couple here. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think they I think they continue their success. This this weekend against their their division rivals, the Rays and the Blue Jays. But now talking about another one of their division rivals, and that's the Red Sox. They've been playing really well. They have won nine of their last eleven. The offense obviously has been really good. The pitching, starting pitching, has been really good. But the biggest issue with this team, and nine and eleven would have been ten of eleven if they had a reliable closer. And this team clearly does not, and that's why they lost that game to the Mariners uh, uh, this on Saturday. You, you probably did you work that game? Yes, that was a long one. Yeah, 
Yeah, and, and, but the problem is, is and, and this is why this team, they've had a good, they've, they've gotten hot of late, but this is why they're in fourth place. They do not have a reliable closer, and this team will not win anything big if they do not get a reliable closer on this team. If you got you got to compete with some really good teams in the American League. You got to compete with the Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays, uh, uh, Astros. With, with the, you're not beating those teams without a reliable closer. This is something High and Bloom has got to get has got to get figured out come trade deadline time, or this team will have no shot in the postseason. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, yeah, they they get they got it. They got to kind of figure out somebody, or they got to you know. Again, I think the, the it sounds like maybe because Whitlock actually still gets a starter role. I think that's he's gonna probably end up being the closer whenever they get Sale or Paxton back, and or even the the rumors too is Sale may instead of kind of rehab at the minor league level, he may actually rehab some starts up here out of the bullpen. So they may he may be using a bit of a closer role, um, you know, at at some point here. So you could maybe see. Chris Sale closed some games out. I think Garrett Woodlock at some point is going to be that guy. Um, maybe they maybe they do trade for somebody, but I, I think you know, you know, Strom's been pretty reliable for him. But you know, he, you know, left couple eyes haven't been great. But um, you know, Josh uh, or um, John Schweiber's been a guy that I've never even heard of him until this year, and he's been he's been really good for him, the side armor. Um, but yeah, you know, they they got to find a close that closer role because it, it is going to bite them. Uh, come playoff time. Absolutely, absolutely. But we got to give them credit. When they were 24 and 27 two weeks ago, we said that this stretch against the Mariners, this stretch against the Angels, and this stretch against the A's, they had to win. They had to win about, you know, 10 out. They had to win like nine out of these 13 games, go nine and four. They're already going nine and two. And thanks to the White Sox struggles and thanks to the Angels completely falling apart, they, they got that sixth spot pretty secure. Oh, yeah, they do right now. And yeah. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, you didn't think that was going to happen. But, yeah, this offense really woke up. They took advantage of the Angels' problems, and, yeah, the White Sox have their own issues right now. Um, so, yeah, they, again, they've just been playing great baseball. It's a team that, once again, has gotten really hot. Um, yeah, they've taken care – against, against the AL West this year, they're 16-8. and eight. Like, they, they have really, you know, destroyed everybody in the AL West. You know, even the Astros they already got at home. They, they won two out of three at home against them, so – um, they've been really good against AL West. They've taken advantage of that division, and yeah, you know, they, they, there's now they got Oakland this weekend, and then you know we'll find out a lot as they play uh, St. Louis coming comes in this weekend. A good Cardinals team, so um, will we'll be a tough one. But yeah, um, good. You know, the Red Sox are now just been down after the fire, and to want, lose um, two, you know, to go um, yeah, eight and two out in that West Coast trip was real, really impressive. And now talking about the Cardinals, they come in for a three-game series, these two teams. This is a rematch of the 2013 World Series and the World Series. Everybody remembers the 2004 World Series, both World Series. The Red Sox win, so the Sox come in. The Cardinals come into Fenway this week. I think Friday night with uh, Waka against Wainwright. I'll give the Sox that one with the way Waka's pitching. Uh, Saturday, Crawford against Hudson. I'll give that one to the Cardinals. And then on, on Sunday afternoon, I'll give that one to the Red Sox. So I got the Red Sox, just like the Yankees, staying hot. And taking two or three from the Cardinals. Yeah, I, guess, I think they went two out of three. You know, Cutter Crawford pitched really well on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Michael Walker has been unbelievable. That that's been a great find for for Hein. You know, to to find to take to find him. Um, he, he's been really really good. So I think yeah, the Red Sox the way they're playing right now, I do think they went two out of three. Um, and I think yeah, I think they find a way to stay hot. And actually, the starting tonight is Winkowski, who is a bit who's a big chip of that um Andrew Benatendi trade you know I know they got Cordero too but you know when Towsie's supposed to be the uh was supposed to be like the big piece of that trade so we'll see him again tonight but yeah you know the Red Sox pitching staff couple guys have stepped up like you know they're, they're hoping to get that from Witkowski tonight um but yeah I think their pitching does enough in their offense right now it just they're just so tough to pitch to absolutely 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 so that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R&J for Justin D'Onofrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week uh, talking NBA draft, Stanley Cup final, and we'll be talking about the Yanks and the Sox as they continue to as they continue to keep playing well in this 2022 season. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones on first down, wide open. It's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley. 
he's great when he's on the field. But the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. My name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.